Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! Research and development. Putting in the man hours to study the science of what you need. Last week, we put liquid paper on a bee. And it died. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup! Can I tell you something without you getting angry? I love you. Yeah, you big guy. Welcome back to another edition of the 40 Chess Dynasty Football Podcast. So glad that you joined us. And let me just start by saying... If you're not signed up for the newsletter, you're doing it wrong. So much good content from all the Destination Debbie team, gambling, prop bets, injury reports, redraft, dynasty, Debbie, ADP for rookies. We have it all. It is absolutely incredible. You can sign up down below. There's a link in the description of this episode, just like there is every week. It's the quickest way, the fastest way, and the freest way to get everything Destination Debbie has to offer. <laughs> Adam. How you doing tonight, buddy? We we are we are rolling along in this season at what feels like record pace, and I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like it because I know in just a matter of months I'll be sitting here going, "Man, I wish there was some good football on. I wish I had something to play for in my leagues instead of just making trades." Playoffs are nice, all that stuff. And NFL playoffs are nice. Watching all that. And, but I don't score any fantasy points. I don't have somebody's ass to beat every single week. It, it kind of makes me sad. Now, I mean, I'm doing well to start the question off. But then also, what's nice is this Thursday, Mike, right? Uh, the night before you hear this, you'll have watched the Bills and Patriots in Foxborough on Thursday Night Football, which is a treat because, honestly, Thursday night, prime, everybody that's watched it, you, you could almost yeah. get your money back. Speaking of the free stuff, that's why you subscribe to the newsletter. Because you can't burn yourself with the money you put in if you got Prime. I mean, you should have already had Prime. But if you got Prime to watch Thursday nights, you're in trouble. Yeah. The only thing when the football season's over is, you know, you'll be like, all right, well, I get my Thursdays back and I don't have to watch some of these dog shit games that I'll sit there and watch. But I'd much rather watch those dog shit games, Mike, than have the eternity, it feels like, of the off season until we get to watch football. It's really week 13. And listen, there's... One of the D's of the four D's, the direction talk. Um, we're, we're not going to have it this week. It's over. Like, <laughs> it's, it's I, if you haven't picked it, it's too late. You don't. You've already picked it by waiting. 
it's one of those things, right? It's like, oh, I'm going to go back to school. Okay. Well, if you don't go back to school, you either, you either picking going back to school or you're, or you're not going back to school. The longer you wait, you're making the decision just by not making the decision. Your direction's picked. Whatever it is, it is now. Like you're in the playoffs, you're out of the playoffs. The playoffs are here, man. Fantasy football playoffs are here. We are literally having two weeks of meaningful games before it's fantasy playoffs. And all of a sudden, everything we've done this entire calendar year, we started in January, all comes down to nut cutting season, week 15, Mike. Can you believe it's here? I, I can't. It's it, it hurts my soul that it's here. <laughs> it's, it's almost here. We're down to the last couple weeks. I don't like it. I don't like it. You're talking about the prime thing. Like I've had prime for a while, right? For the, the videos, uh, the, the, the delivery, you know, the next day delivery, the two day delivery, like prime's a great investment for, for football this year. It hasn't been that good. And I find myself drifting or wandering in my thoughts, watching the game when I should be enjoying them. Uh, I do this every year though. <laughs> every single year. It's like, this game is horrible. I don't like it. I just need to remind myself that, you know, come February, March, I don't get to watch football at all. <laughs> I don't get to watch anything and I'll be sad. But I will say this, Adam, you hit it on your head. Like you definitely need to get your money's worth out of Prime. I think I got more money's worth out of the uh, the free Grubhub delivery that Amazon Prime partnered with Grubhub than I have the NFL football <laughs> on Thursday nights because it has been pretty god awful. It's been horrible. I'll say this. I, I get my money's worth out of Prime. I would say I, I almost, I'm to the point where I get more than my money's worth out of Prime so much that they actually get more money out of me. Like, this is the first day, my wife even made a comment, this is the first day that a package hasn't come to the house from Prime (laughs) in basically, like, over a month. She's like, I I think something's wrong. The driver must be sick. I'm like, no, we just finally didn't have a package that you ordered. Um, Anyway, getting off the Amazon train, getting into the Dynasty talk, Mike, uh, fantasy talk at this point because, you know, you, 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 your direction's picked. You're, you're either building for the future or you're trying to win right now. And you're yeah. basically, if you're trying to win right now, it's about deciding if the deadline hasn't hit yet, how much you're willing to burn and forego to win the money ultimately. Like how much are you willing to do of that to actually go secure a title? Cause I, I don't know. My, most of the leagues I play in, Mike, I think you and I play in, I would say over half the leagues that we we're in now are together. Those leagues don't have deadlines coming up very soon, but I know a lot of leagues for people have either already hit deadlines or they're coming up soon, and there's quick decisions needing to be made for contenders. I, it, it is one of those things, man. I, I listened to a podcast for Scott and Eric on America's Game a couple of weeks ago where they were talking about trade deadlines and, and general stuff that interests me as far as because, yeah, I mean, you know it, Adam. We do 17, 18 leagues together. Um, I'm in like 30-something. You do a billion leagues as well. Uh, like commission leagues is a is a very interesting point. So I really enjoyed that. But the one thing they were talking about is trade deadlines, and I'm sitting there going like, Nah, man, I don't I don't like trade deadlines. I don't do trade deadlines. It's dynasty leagues and redraft leagues. Yes, you need a trade deadline. Uh, you see that every year where somebody's always trying to load up some guy because they're going to split the pot. But in dynasty, I don't I don't worry about it, man. It's the long term. It's the long game. You want to trade away your your old studs in week 16 and load somebody up for a semifinal game. By all means, man, you're just hurting yourself in the long run. That's that's the way it is in Dynasty. So I'm I'm good with no trade deadlines. Adam, we kind of got a hodgepodge of things that I wanted to talk about tonight and discuss, and I think they're very interesting 
topics and they get brought up a lot in the destination Debbie discord and voice chats and the Heisman chat. If you're not a part of destination Debbie discord, definitely get in there, man. It's definitely worth the money. Uh, I, I can't stress how much I learn, how much it opens my mind, being able to talk to other smart dynasty people, other smart fantasy football players, other smart prop bets, uh, shit, the last couple of weeks has been almost nothing but soccer talk. I think I've learned everything I wanted to know about the World Cup and and more, <laughs> and I don't like it. <laughs> but Patreon.com forward slash all gas gets you in the door. But Adam, one of the things we were talking about the other day is, uh, and you and I have had this discussion, but we haven't had it on a 4D Chess Dynasty podcast to talk to the Dynasty Degenerates about it. But there's a there's a certain site out there where you can vote on the rankings of dynasty players, Adam. And uh, at the running back position, it's kind of been a sore spot for a couple of weeks for me, and I'm sure for you. But Kenneth Walker continues to be dynasty RB1. Continues mm-hmm. to be dynasty RB1. And mm-hmm. we can kind of break down just the top five of this list, but holy shit, man. What are we doing? <laughs> what? Who votes on this? <laughs> who are these people? I'll tell you who they are. They're everybody. It's everybody that clicks on the site gets a fucking keep trade cut. <laughs> who do you want? I don't know how many of them take a serious. I don't know how many of them are serious dynasty degenerates. Um, but I'll tell you this much, man. If you saw the amount of votes, I bet you'd be shocked at how many people vote on this. Oh, my. Oh, my. All right. That, so that being Kenneth- said, we're looking at him as a uh, – yeah. The running back one overall, um, he's the 11th overall player on the site. That's in, that's in Superflex. So they're saying outside of the top 10 overall position players, it's Kenneth Walker, followed closely um, in the same tier by Jonathan Taylor at running back two. Mike, let me ask you this. Uh, I don't know if you had a point to make. I'm going to possibly kill the point because Let's go. as bad as Kenneth Walker is at one, like I, I got Taylor over him. I don't care. I think I have a lot of Walker shares. I bought them at the bottom. And I've gotten off of some, but I I don't think this 11 overall price exists to move off of Kenneth Walker, so I'm kind of just holding because I can't get the right tier down. I can't get the right piece. I can't get anyone to pay what Key Trade Cut tells me he's worth. Mm-hmm. I also think that he's not running back one, but he should be valued as a top five guy. I'll tell you what what baffles me more, though is that from 11 to 12 is Kenneth Walker and Taylor. And I like the talent. The guy's healthy today. He is ahead of both of these guys for me. But he's not. And he tore it midseason in an ACL, and that's Brees Hall, who's still 17 overall and running back three. Like, I, I, I can make the case that that's worse than Kenneth Walker at 11 because, Mike, here's the thing. All these 23 running backs are going to come in and – let me just say this. All these 23 running backs are going to come in, regardless of landing spot, whatever it is, they're healthy, right? The ones that don't get hurt for the rest of the college football playoffs or whatever it is, like we're, we're close to the college season being over. Those guys are healthy, and they're a year younger. Brees Hall's valued over an early 23 first on keep trade cut. I think that's more egregious than Kenneth Walker, to tell you the truth. I, I love Brees Hall. So do I. I absolutely love Brees Hall. And you look at some of the metrics and stuff that he produced when he was healthy, it's it's astounding. Like he was he was amazing. But the fact remains he tore his ACL, man. 
He he tore his ACL. And it and wasn't I, Dobbins. It wasn't well, it wasn't as bad as Dobbins, but it wasn't in the preseason. It wasn't some of these injuries that we see in the preseason. This was a good ways into the season. I've been a football fan for a long time, and I've been playing fantasy football football for just about as long. <laughs> like a long time. Adam and and people, you correct me. Those of you listening, you correct me if I'm wrong, but I can only think of one running back in that entire time who came back the following year from an ACL tear and smashed like elite levels, absolutely elite. And that's the damn cyborg Adrian Peterson, who's got like robot legs. AD. And, and, and it wouldn't surprise me if Adrian Peterson comes out of retirement and plays like two games this year. <laughs> just just keeps going. Well, if someone gave him a call, he would. I mean, you know, you know that, you know that (laughs) he stays ready, but to, to have a guy at three with an ACL going into next year, it's like, we, we, we haven't learned our lesson as a community with running backs with ACL tears. That's not to say Brees Hall will never smash again. I mean, look at Saquon Barkley, but what did it take Saquon, man? Took him two years. Now you can argue last year he was smashing but then he had that freak injury with his ankle in the Dallas game and then just never was right he, the rest of the year. I wouldn't call him smashing, but he he started to look reminiscent of the old Saquon for a little bit, right? And then yeah. we only saw it for a f- few enough weeks to where everyone didn't fawn over him enough. And the injury came back, and it was fluke, but everyone's like, oh, he's just injury riddled. And that's how he got written off. But, Mike, I think when I look at this, though, I think both of these guys, and, and I like both. I do like Kenneth Walker. I, I, he was somebody I was more in on than consensus. Brees Hall yeah, was very high on up before the ACL well, tear. Both of us, man. We did a we did a damn show. Sure, sure. <laughs> Two Kennys. <laughs> you, you don't need us to be on here to tell you that we were in on Kenneth Walker or Brees Hall. If you've tuned into the show before, you know. If you're new to it, we did a lot of preaching on both these guys. But here, here's what I'm looking at when I really look at keep trade cut. And ultimately, this is just the reality I think that we need to be cautious of and if you're considering buying Kenneth Walker um, I did a TikTok on why you shouldn't and I think that here's the thing man Kenneth Walker and Brees Hall when you look at the list right forget keep trade cut for a second just reading down the list Kenneth Walker Jonathan Taylor Brees Hall Saquon Barkley Travis Etienne Christian McCaffrey Nick Chubb Josh Jacobs Austin Eckler Ramondre Stevenson, and then you get to Javante Williams, who is valued as the 11th running back, right? What do you have all those guys ahead? And even if you if you remove Javante and you keep going, Joe Mixon, Derrick Henry, DeAndre Swift, who's young but is not, not seeing the field. I mean, snap share is incredibly low. He's, he's killing teams right now. Um, and then you get to Damian Pierce, running back 15, right? So here's what you got. This is the reality. Dynasty, the average dynasty gamer is going to overvalue youth, but there's, there is a supreme value on youth because of the way the game is played. Here's the problem. Because this position as a whole is injury riddled, is disappointing, the one youthful rookie that is killing it on all cylinders, has it, it's almost like the community has no choice but to put him at one because of the points per game and the youth, right? And Brees Hall isn't even giving you points per game anymore, but we saw the points per game and he's young, so he's in the top five. It's literally a product of one number, and that's the age. 
Because if Kenneth Walker is 25, 26, I mean, he, he's behind a lot <laughs> no of these cares. guys, right? No one cares. It, this right? is all about age. This is all about projecting for your fantasy team, not just points per game, but this security of three, four, five, six seasons that they claim that they're going to get out of whatever player. And that's something that can be valuable at a certain spot and can be very overvalued by a lot of people. And I think this is the case with Kenneth Walker and Brees Hall, the combination of the position being so void of talent, the combination of it being very old and not performing, it's lend us to this. I will say this. Uh, with Kenneth Walker and Jonathan Taylor, one and two, there's no question in my mind JT should be number one. And I will Ray Ray when I was talking to him yesterday, he was like, I'll give you fifty bucks so you can take your wife out on a nice dinner if you can show me a trade that you make today where you send your Kenneth Walker for Jonathan Taylor straight up. And I tried because it's fifty bucks. <laughs> it's fifty bucks. And I I tried. I tried, man. Mike, I would have tried and, I would have tried without the fifty bucks. <laughs> I would have tried. But then if you gave the me the fifty bucks, it's like, all right, I'm gonna spam. You're gonna see me spamming inboxes. That's right. Uh, the responses I got were like, LOL, bro. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> Why would I do this? <laughs> You're crazy. That kind of thing. So yeah. I think there is a little bit of a disconnect between keep trade cut and actually the real world. But I was, Adam, there are things about Kenneth Walker I really like. There, There's some metrics that have come out in the last couple of days on Kenneth Walker that don't paint a great picture of him. But if I just pull him up on player profile, there's a few things that I like. So a little bit in his in his defense, right? So his there's some things that aren't great, right? We we know he doesn't get targeted a shit ton. He's not this elite pass pass catching back. He's not Austin Eckler by any stretch of the imagination. I get that. Um, target share, routes run, route participation, yards per reception, yards per route run. None of those metrics are going to look good for him. How about uh, true yards per carry? Not great, man. He's at 4.0, number 44 in the league. Uh, yards per touch, 4.7, number 29 in the league. Uh, one of the things that I'll say in his favor, though, juke rate, uh, number eight in the league. Yeah. And I think just by watching football, he can make guys miss in a phone booth, which is actually pretty impressive. Not to the level of some of the greats that we've seen in the past, right? Not Barry Sanders, LaShawn McCoy, like those kind of guys, but he is pretty damn elusive. He mm-hmm. has made some people look silly. Mm-hmm. Uh, breakaway run rate. Uh, top 10 in the league. Good. 7.4%. I like that. Uh, he he has done league. a good amount of that. Is He's one of the guys that can can run away from the pack if he's got a lead. Can, can house it, right? Uh, yards created per touch, 3.68, number nine in the league. I like that. That's a good thing for him. Um, carries. Carries. 135, number 18, and he didn't even have the full, full workload <laughs> early in the season, right? Wasn't even healthy. Buried behind Rashad Penny. They were playing DJ Dallas at times over him. Um, that's not the greatest thing. Um, what else we got here? Well, go ahead. I, I want to hear what you have to say. Run I... blocking rating. That was the other one that stood out to me. If I, Number 62 in the league. In run block. Apparently Seattle run blocking for him has been absolutely atrocious. <laughs> absolutely got awful. So we hope that that carries over. Those are some good things, man. I kind of touched on the good and the bad. One of the things, uh, I, I don't know if we talked about it on this show. I know I had the discussion with you personally, Adam, about it was when I kind of look at these metrics for running backs, there's certain things that stand out to me that are giant red flags, right? So we had the discussion about Swift and Najee at mm-hmm. some point mm-hmm. where Najee was just sheer volume, 
not a lot of efficiency. And you were hoping the efficiency increased, right? His yards created, that kind of thing increased. Um, Swift on limited touches was highly efficient, and you're hoping the volume increased. Uh, Kenneth Walker is efficient to an extent, and the run blocking rating isn't that good. Like uh, a good example is last year when I was looking at Elijah Mitchell, phenomenal run blocking rating, and he did almost nothing with it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he just gets you what is blocked, and that was always a giant red flag for me about Elijah Mitchell. I don't have those on Kenneth Walker, but when I compare him to a guy like Jonathan Taylor, and this is why I say it's not fucking close, is Jonathan Taylor is good in everything. He's good at catching the football. He's good at efficiency. He gets the volume. He gets the touches. He just had a bad stretch at the beginning of the year where he's banged up and injured, and people are like, oh, yeah, he wasn't worth the 101 in your redraft leagues. He wasn't worth a, a top five, top six selection in your dynasty startups. He's going to be 24, and he's going to be old. At some point, man, you just got to put that shit to bed and just ride with the talent, right? Nick Chubb is on the older side, still producing. Christian McCaffrey is on the older side, still producing. Saquon is still an elite running back at the advanced age of 25. If you're a good running back, the age part really doesn't matter, man. As much as we like to dunk on Ezekiel Elliott, we all think Tony Pollard should be the lead back and Zeke's kind of a plotter. The fact is when Ezekiel Elliott gets the football – and he runs with authority, he scores fantasy points, and the age and the old grossness really goes out the window, and that's too much of a stretch of what we put on it. So what you were talking about earlier with, he's just kind of at RB1 because of youth and projection. We got to stop that as a community. We really need to stop that as a community. And I think it's damn, damn egregious that people are voting him number one, even though... I think they do it tongue-in-cheek, man, because I ain't found anybody yet to date that will trade me JT straight up for my Kenneth Walker. I tried. I tried. I wanted 50 bucks from Ray. Couldn't couldn't get it done. Well, I mean, talk is cheap, right? I mean, this is – it's not talk technically because you're typing on a keyboard, but it's the same principle. Nobody that puts in rankings here, Mike, it has to make a trade. I mean, you might look at rankings. You might look at their trade calc. They're not making trades. Let, let me say this, though, man. Um, a few things that do lend well for Kenneth Walker. There's a few things that I looked at for him. If you're listening to this, like, man, you guys are really like acting like Kenneth Walker's trash. Like, well, all right, pause. It's not that bad. But yeah. um, let's say this, all right? So right now, when you look at the NFL landscape, the entirety there are only three running backs that have more rushing touchdowns than do Kenneth Walker. Um, Mike, do you know who's leading the NFL in rushing touchdowns if you had to guess? If I had to guess, Jamal Williams or Nick Chubb? Um, yeah, much to your chagrin and my chagrin, it's it's Jamal Williams. Jamal Fuck. Williams is ahead of Nick Chubb by one. He's at 13. Nick Chubb's at 12. Derrick Henry's at 10. Kenneth Walker is at nine, tied with Josh Jacobs, who just had a great day. Now, here, here's the thing. The reason I want to build it this way for you is this. Like, we know Jamal Williams has been the goal line killer for these guys. Yeah. But when you look at Kenneth Walker, I just want to make sure that you you get a couple positives on the guy. Now, I'm not saying that he's worth running back one prices. He's not ahead of Jonathan Taylor, but why I think he should still be in the top five mix. He didn't even play week one, right? He had the – he was coming off of – I forget what the injury was, Mike. Um 
groin oblique or, or something. I think it was, a, it, was, it was a it was a core injury. Yeah. Yeah, he had like a hernia or something. Yeah. Now think about this. He didn't play week one. Rashad Penny. All the Rashad Penny lovers were laughing, laughing, right? Oh, my gosh, Kenneth Walker, you guys are idiots. Look at you drafting Kenneth Walker. Comes in first few weeks, Mike. Week two, week three, I mean, he barely played. He got three and four carries apiece. Um, Believe it or not, he got two and three catches the first three weeks. Um, But he was used sparingly. He started to get more of a role in week four. Week five, Mike, the injury to Rashad Penny happened. Now, all you guys that are laughing, it's not because I don't like Penny. It's not because I want wish ill on Penny, but we told you that he's never stayed healthy for a full season. If you're going to give him that back half workload of 2021, it's going to break down. So think about this, Mike. He doesn't have a touchdown for the first four weeks of the season. He doesn't hardly play for the first four weeks of the season. Guess what? If you take the guys in front of him off that list, their weeks one, two, three, and four, Kenneth Walker's leading the NFL in touchdowns since he's had the backfield, which is week five. Wow. Week five, he didn't even have it, Mike. Week five, he got eight carries and 88 yards, and that was when he got hurt. Week six, he really took over the backfield. Mike, he has, since week six, eight of his nine touchdowns, right? He's had only one week since he's played where he didn't have a score. Last week is a terrible game overall. He had two scores. The week prior versus Tampa was his first game where he did not have a touchdown on the ground. So there's that going for him. Now, to really lean into why I think Kenneth Walker is good, despite the fact he's way overvalued on key trade cut, and I'd be interested to see what his actual value is in leagues that people will trade him because of this. You already mentioned some of the good stuff, right? But let's say this, because you you talked about it, and this was one of the big things for me. If you're playing Seattle right now, what are you going to do? The last two weeks we've seen it. You want to make Geno beat you. You don't yeah. want to let you don't want to let these guys run the ball. The last two weeks we've really seen him boxed up, and when I look at two things, Mike, um, you already alluded to how bad they've been at run blocking. Their their run block rating is sixty two. His as a runner, I'm sorry. See, when he runs the football, Seattle as an offensive line is number sixty two in the NFL run block rating. Now part of that is because they know Walker's back there, and he's not a huge threat to pass pass catch, right? But then when you look at the opposite stuffed runs, like 25% of the time that Kenneth Walker gets the football, the run is stuffed. Mm. That is crazy when you think about the production he's had. One out of four carries, he's going to get hit before he hits the line of scrimmage. So the the fact that it's Geno Smith, the fact that this team was not even supposed to be good and he's already done this well, the fact that he is scoring touchdowns lends me to believe that this is a guy that will be good if he stays healthy. Um, obviously, the one thing we would all love to see more of, which we have seen some, but we would love to see more of, and part of the reason he's not, for me, the the running back one and probably never will be, is he doesn't project as the pass catcher. And we've seen Jonathan Taylor not be Alvin Kamara or DeAndre Swift, but we've seen him catch passes and be very good in the passing game. Kenneth yeah. Walker does not project for that. And until I see that be consistent, I'm not going to put him in the rare air elite territory. But like when you think about the fact that he's scored more touchdowns since he's had the lead back role than anyone in the NFL on that team with that offensive line, I understand why he's exciting, but we're too far ahead of ourselves if he's running back one. You're, you're just doing it wrong. 
Yeah, I think he's much closer to a guy like Saquon or Christian McCaffrey than he is to Jonathan Taylor, personally. Agreed. I, I think he's in that next tier of like, damn, I really want him because of the age and what I've seen and like the things you alluded to, Adam. Like he he has been good at times. There are things I'd like to see him get better at, and I I've I've thought he was a value, but what this is telling me is he's he's not a value. He's Whoa. not a value at all, and you I'm don't want to go out and try to acquire him because. People are asking for these ridiculous RB1, RB2 prices. Nah, I'm good, man. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Now, I don't think people are going to do the whole Kenneth Walker JT trade straight up, but it just it goes to show, Adam, like if, if for example, I think you, just as well as me, have Jonathan Taylor as RB1, mm-hmm. and I don't think we've, we've swapped off of that f- pretty much ever. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe there was a case when... Brees Hall was healthy. I know we had this discussion about just how fast and how good he was and, yep. and him smashing. Yep. Like that was more of a conversation of JT or Brees Hall. Right? I was willing that at was that more. point when he was healthy to go to Brees Hall just because I saw similar points per game. But there was a – him being a true three-down back, similar points per game, and getting off of the age of Taylor, I, I understood that one. I was willing to go there. Kenneth Walker doesn't offer the passing upside, doesn't have – the dynasty value of Brees Hall. A lot of his value being here is because of the Brees Hall injury. If Brees Hall's playing he- playing healthy today, 101 is a runaway freight, freight train for Brees Hall right now. I'm with you. I'm with you. One other one that I wanted to talk about there in the top five, Travis Etienne, man. Um, we did the show last week where we kind of touched on it a little bit as far as the best ball perspective goes. And you know, like I was the guy talking on our AMAs and stuff that we're doing on our YouTube about like, you know, I think Travis Etienne should be above Kenneth Walker. Uh, that That's changed for me a lot, man. I think Travis Etienne might be overvalued by a fucked up. I'm glad, <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. I'm very glad to hear that. And, and they got him at RB5 on here. You don't know how, Matt, how happy it makes me to hear you say that, buddy. <laughs> I don't. Man, I did my rankings the other day, and I just kind of put them at three because that was what was in my head. And I'm sitting here, and I'm regretting everything about it, man. Everything about it. I mean, yeah, I get it. Um, how low? How low do we actually put this guy? Like, what's a good spot? Do you well, think? Let's tell the Travis dynasty. Yes, where? So look, there, well, there have been some things that we have liked and we've seen from Travis Etienne, but let's be honest, man, the production hasn't actually been there. And mm-hmm. and it sure as hell wasn't. Would he play like five snaps this last week? It felt like, and then hurt his foot. So, um, it's kind of a good discussion point that you're bringing up because I was before. We got completely off of Kenneth Walker, and part of the reason I understand him being in the top five, top three mix is because, Mike, we talked about this, right? Since week six when he's been the lead back. Because here, here's the thing. Before week five, in a lineup, in a best ball league, it's whatever it is. In a lineup league, no one's really starting Kenneth Walker the first five weeks of the season. Yeah. Right? So when you start at week six and you go from week six to week 12, Mike, he's in the same breath points per game as Christian McCaffrey. As Derrick Henry, as Joe Mixon, maybe not quite as much, but he's right there. He's a top six running back in points per game, and he's got a ton of youth relative to McCaffrey, Henry, Mixon, uh, Austin Eckler. Right now, granted, those guys have gotten contracts, but they're getting older, and they're the difference in Brees Hall and those guys in a value is if they're injured. 
where Brees Hall is injured, you you know Keep Trade Cut is sending them down a page. They're on the second page with an injury. Any one of those aforementioned guys, the the older guys, right? Mm-hmm. Now, when you bring in Travis Etienne, here's the thing: Travis Etienne is more like the back end RB one, which really, when you look at points per game, isn't much difference from RB fifteen, RB eighteen, RB twenty. So. Yeah. There's a year where he missed last year with a foot injury. There was weight concerns coming out, and people still think that he basically put on a bunch of water weight, right? Yeah. And then in year two, it took him a while to get rid of James Robinson, where James Robinson's a healthy scratch last week for the Jets after Brees Hall tears his ACL. And his points per game are they're good. He's had some good games. He's showed well, but it's not like yeah. it's not like he's Outside of a few games in best ball, the reason you're going to go win weeks. like, So, to me, that's always been the difference is like, I haven't seen enough of him. Kenneth Walker, you're looking at 12-week sample size of what we've seen of Kenneth Walker. I think that's a big difference from – like Travis Etienne, I know there's an argument of he didn't play the whole first year, but it's still a first year of a guy that went back to school, of a guy that's playing running back position where you don't have a long time to play. And now we're seeing at the same timeline, he's not even scoring as many points per game as Kenneth Walker is. Like to me, that's always been what the conversation is, is even though Travis Etienne, I know the conversation for him is he's has more pass catching prowess and chops. Okay. But where does it correlate? Where are the points per game? Like, are we just overly valuing the youth here too? And I think yes is the answer. So I had to pull up his metrics too. And it's, it's, it's kind of weird how these two correlate. Okay, so his true yards per carry, um, 4.9, number 14 in the league. Good, better than Kenneth Walker. Yards per touch, 6.0, number five in the league. Great. Juke rate, 36th in the league, Adam. <laughs> like elusiveness. All right, not, not, not the great. Breakaway runs, break, uh, breakaway run rate, both very good, number seven, number five, respectively. Uh, yards created, good, number 13. Yards created per touch, number 18. Okay, now we're starting to get a little bit gross. Run blocking rating, number 12. <laughs> you Far know, cry. You know, Far cry from Kenneth Walker. Exactly. Like They've actually given the guy lanes. And I don't know if it's because it's a lack. Let me say this. I don't know if it's because of a lack of teams actually their worry for Travis Etienne or if it's that like – they're saying, all right, you know, he's not been that great, but it is Trevor Lawrence. Like, we would rather watch them beat us on the ground when we're probably in a positive game script given their record versus, you know, like, we'll let we'll let ETN get his four or five yards. Like, we, I don't know if they can sustain drives. We'll let ETN. He doesn't scare us. I mean, his blo- run blocking rating top 12, Mike, from Jacksonville, that's pretty surprising. I mean, e- even seeing the holes he's run through this year. It's, it's actually weird to think about it, too, when we talk about the Jaguars. You, you kind of touched on it right there just a little bit, too, that the the teams are actually stacking the box less versus the Jaguars by a lot than what they do with Kenneth Walker. Exactly. <laughs> In Seattle, they're like, yeah, Geno Smith. We want to make him beat us. And teams actually look at Trevor Lawrence and give him some iota of respect, him and his connection with Christian Kirk. So, like, all right. We'll, we'll try to make Travis Etienne beat us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's it's almost the opposite. Yeah, th- I mean, th- there are some nice things that Kent did uh, Travis Etienne, uh, excuse me, offers that are really nice. I mean, 
when he does catch the football, he, he's averaging 9.2 yards. Um, his yards per reception is number five in That's the league. Um, you know, so, so him being a pass catcher is something that's exciting for you. His age is probably still exciting for you, given the landscape. He has had a few breakaway runs. Um, but, man, there's a lot of things on this list, Mike, really, when you dig into the numbers. Not yes. saying it's bad. Like, he's not saying he's not I want someone I want to roster or he's terrible. But, like, when I when I think about inflation, right, because we're, we're in the midst of inflation, right? When I think about inflation, I think of Travis Etienne. I think about the water weight. I think inflation. I think about his price and dynasty. I think inflation. I think about everything about him. I think inflation. Yep. I'm with you, buddy. Where do you think he should actually be valued, though? Like, I think we're in agreement top five. Too much. Too much. All right, so I would go, I mean, Jonathan Taylor, Kenneth Walker, easily. Um, Saquon Barkley, you and I agree, are ahead of him, right? Uh, yep. Right Right now, Christian McCaffrey or Travis Etienne, Dynasty? I'll take Christian McCaffrey, not going to lie. I agree. Nick Chubb or Travis Etienne in Dynasty? Nick Chubb with a full year of Deshaun Watson next year gets me very, very excited. He he was good with Jacoby Brissett this year. Fuck the age talk, man. Fuck all that. <laughs> like him with Deshaun Watson and that offense next year, I am very excited for Nick Chubb. I will definitely take Nick Chubb above him. Fully agree. I think that uh, Nick Chubb is proven to be a special runner. And yes. he is 26. We're in a midseason startup. I thought about taking him entirely too early because of everything you just said. I want him ahead of Travis Etienne. Outside of that, though, I think that spot for me is where it's like you got real conversations after that because you're talking about aging assets. You're talking about running backs with contracts. Gross. Yeah. Yeah, Gross. So I guess when I look at this, I'm saying that's a – I guess that's running back 7, 8-ish. Fair. Fair. How about this? Whoever the RB two is next year, Gibbs, Zach Evans, Sean Tucker, it's you Gibbs. Know, in, in, insert player, right? Gibbs, okay. And they get they get draft capital, and by draft capital, we talked about it earlier on the 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 Kenneth Walker, you know, the podcast that we did. Like they get second round draft capital, and and early enough second round draft capital. Yeah, top half of the second round. Correct. Whoever it is, man, just insert name. Would you rather have that running back or Travis Etienne? If Travis Etienne's numbers do not improve from where they are today, I want the other guy. I want okay. I want Gibbs for sure. There it is. There it uh, is, and then it probably puts you in like the one hundred four value range. Okay, so so now now here I think is the better question: Brees Hall, Travis Etienne, or Jameer Gibbs with draft capital? Ooh, 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 ooh. Go ahead and give me Jameer Gibbs. I agree. I, I I don't think it should be that close, and I think that there will be a sediment of people that have Brees yep. Hall ahead of Gibbs and ahead of ETN, which Keep Trade Cut has him as running back three, which is why, Mike, as much as I love Brees Hall, if any of that's real. See, the thing about Keep Trade Cut is it's fun to look at, and they do have the best pulse of constant updates because people check this site all the time. If it is it real? Like, if Brees Hall actually is worth – in trades in real leagues I can do this in, I'll move him. And it's not because I don't like Brees Hall, but it's because if he is running back three, running back four, and he's ahead of Gibbs, I, I, I can do so much more than Brees Hall with that because he's coming off the injury. I'm with you, buddy. I'm with you. Now, to pivot 
and to try to go into uh what do they call this a transition <laughs> smooth transition we're doing an in-season dynasty startup right now so we're kind of putting our uh ourselves out there with values right we got to make these decisions real money league real money startup mm-hmm. uh, nothing on the line for 2022 everybody's playing for 2023 and beyond mm-hmm. but i like doing these in-season startups right i really do uh, we get real football. We get wild value swings. All of a sudden, you're uh, you're on the clock in the eighth round, and somebody just had a massive blow up game, and they're available, and you feel so great when you push the button. <laughs> I, I, you know what? I, I will say this. I, I love it this way too. I love mid season startups. It's such a yes. It, it's a fun exercise that see the keep trade cut right. Keep trade cut gives you all these values, um, and there's all these different ways you can get information crowdsourced or not you can get people's rankings but you cannot track live startup adp in big manage like you can't do it in big numbers like you could in the offseason like that's what's so great about a decos tool in the offseason it gives you a real pulse with real money what the values are this key trade cut shit people could fucking click anything they want there's no (laughs) money involved in this you put the money on the line and you get to see what people have to say about where they're valuing players with no real like guide. You can yeah. get every rankings you want, but this is you got to do it. There's no little guide here. All this all the data that has ADP preseason data. It's artificial as hell. You go to the the queue, if you haven't set your queue and you look at the top 20 guys on the list in the draft, they're all outdated. They're all players nobody wants, right? It's awesome exercise to see where people value them that way, but I wouldn't. I would love, honestly, Mike, to see one of these mid seasons where it's creatively done to where there is a payout for this season too, because I think it would really kind of give a true pulse on a true mid mid season startup. Because then, like Kelsey goes earlier, right? Guys that mm-hmm. can help you win go earlier, and I think that really gives you like today's actual ADP. I love it. I love it. I might have to think about something I want to do in the future. Uh, this year's a little too it's late. It's too late now. It's too late <laughs> too, now. too late to start now, but next year, man. I mm-hmm. love that idea. I wanted to ask you, though, and it's a little bit different of a topic, though. Uh, the way I set this league up that we're part of, so it's a best ball league because that's what we do a lot of. A lot of. That's kind of my preference. Um in-season start of best ball league. Start 14. You start one quarterback, one running back, one wide receiver, a super flex, and the rest are just generic flex. Now, if you notice, no tight end, Adam. No tight end in there. The tight end scoring is juiced. Uh, two two points extra tight end premium. So they're getting three points for every pass that they catch. So they do the elite ones, the elite tight ends score high. Not the tight end premium part, Adam, but do you think this is kind of a wave of the future? I was talking about this with Ray in voice chat about it, and uh, a couple of people brought it up. Just the way we are with the tight end position, right? It's Travis Kelsey, it's Mark Andrews, and then nobody else really matters, man. We we touched on it on the spike weeks. We touched on it when we talk about warp. Scott and Eric have have touched on it a little bit when they talk about warp as well. Tight end is just such a gross landscape, especially this year. It has been god awful. Uh, we we tend to every year push up guys like Dallas Goddard or T.J. Hawkinson or Pat Fryermuth or Noah Fant for no good reason other than there's nobody else to talk about, and they're really no better than some of the other turds, the Tyler Higbees, the Gerald Everett's, the sure. Hayden Hurst, right? 
Do you think this is more of a trend going forward or, or more of a one-off? Like, do you envision more leagues, not the tight end premium part, but just going like, yeah, we're good with the tight end, man. If you want Travis Kelsey, go ahead and draft him, but we're not going to make you roster tight the, ends. The, right? the one good thing about the work league I play in, which is a redraft league, it's one quarterback, it's everything. If you're a true dynasty degenerate that you don't like, the one nice part, Mike, is they don't have a tight end position. That position is really? a it's a wide receiver, tight end flex. So you can't play a running back, right? But it's basically like real NFL. Like if you don't want to run 12 personnel, you don't want to run tight end, you want to run four or five wide end sets, go ahead and do it. Like you don't have to play a tight end. I think it's really fun to have it that way because what it does is it, it really makes the position what it is, right? Like you don't what – what's cool about the startup we're in now is the scoring's juiced, which is going to make Kelsey and Andrews – really go up the board yes i'm not going to talk about kyle pitts because when we're out on kyle pitts kyle pitts thrives and when we're in on kyle pitts kyle pitts doesn't thrive so what i'm going to do is stay off of that train i'm not going to discuss it i'm just out on it whatever happens to him is nothing of my doing anymore um but (laughs) we we cannot be blamed full disclaimer (laughs) no i'm i'm good being the reason kyle pitts is or isn't awesome um but when it comes to those tight ends right like they're going to be pushed up the board because of the points per game they offer, which is kind of similar in like when you don't have the position in redraft. Like, okay, you want to draft Travis Kelsey because nothing else fits your needs? Good. You want to draft Andrews the same way? Good. But here's what happened. Everything you talked about with Hawkinson, Goddard, whoever else you wanted to do it with, Pat Fryermuth, uh, you know, those chasing Albert O late, whatever it was. The reason that happens, Mike, is because – there is a tight end spot that 12 people or 14 or 16 or 10 people have to press the button on weekly. And if you don't have to press the button, even if it's best ball, you have to have in best ball. You almost have to have more because you have to have three, four, five right. guys right. That, that can go in that spot. So if you take that spot away and you say, all right, Travis Kelsey and you know, Mark Andrews and George Kittle and whoever else you want to call the scorers at the position, because they're a tight end and they're scoring that way, all right, juice them. Make it worth your while. But you don't have to chase the position if you don't want to. Now, I'm not suggesting that every league not have a tight end spot moving forward. But that's kind of what it lends to happen there. Like, you're going to see those guys go early, right? In our scoring, it's a full two tight end premium. So, tight ends for every catch get three points and a wide receiver gets one. So, Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews, they go in the second round. Kyle Pitts did go in the second round. I wasn't a big fan of that pick, but I understand someone's just taking the youth aspect of Pitts and all the allure and just saying, I'm, I'm taking it because it's three points per catch. But outside of that, you know, tight ends are likely to fall pretty far because you don't have to play one. And as mm. great as three points per catch is, like you're going to have to get pretty far down the list of running backs and wide receivers where it's like, all right, let me take Goddard. Let me take you know, Hawkinson. Let me take my shot on Cole Komet. Let me take my shot on Pat Fryermuth. Like that that that's what's nice about the format that we have in this current midseason startup and when you don't have the tight end position as a spot. But when you do, that's the problem. Not only is Travis Kelsey winning weeks at that position, winning weeks at every position, but when you put the play now one for one a tight end like Cole Komet versus Travis Kelsey, holy hell, you're fucked. If you can play any random receiver or running back, you got a fighter's, you got a puncher's chance. Yeah, 
Right. Hey, you can you can get just about the same production out of like a Rondell Moore as some of these other tight ends, even in best ball leagues. And even with the juice scoring for tight ends, like, you know, how many of these best ball leagues you have where, uh, you know, like if start two tight ends, Adam, you know, this, you and I made a deal weeks ago where I'm a contender, you're a rebuilder. And I'm going, Oh shit, man. Like I literally don't have a body to put my second tight end spot. I don't, I started the year with like eight, Mike, three we're in- of them got hurt. Mike. Five of them are absolute zeros, like they're Albert O's or they're the Brevin Jordans, right? These guys we thought would do something can't even get active on game day, and I'm I'm running to you, Adam, going like, I need tight end, man. What you uh, think about Juwan Johnson? Should I send the third? You know, <laughs> you you got you got some trash at the end of your bench. You got a Foster Moreau. What's it gonna cost me for Foster Moreau? And at that point, you know, I have to start a tight end, right? Even in a best ball league, I need a tight end to fill that spot. And you're like, it's going to cost you this and this and this. I don't want to pay it. I don't want to be in that position. But you're forced to. Like, it influences trade value. Sure. Massively. I can't imagine. Well, it influences scarcity, yeah. this This is the first league I've played in where... I, I haven't had to start a tight end. Like, I don't even need to roster one. I don't. So I have no idea what it's going to do for trade value on tight ends. But, like, almost it almost makes it when somebody tries to include a a tight end like a, a Tyler Higby or Hayden Hurst in a, in a thing. It's like, nah, I'm good, man. You, you can keep that, dude. I don't want nothing to do with it. I'm team zero tight ends over here. <laughs> give me a running back. Give me a wide receiver. I don't care. I don't want your tight end. Mike, Mike, we're in a uh, league together. You took over an orphan this year. Um, it's the first best ball league I actually was a part of, Mike. It's a patron best ball league one. It's a yeah. destination Debbie league. Hashtag uh, heavy is the head that wears the crown. Hashtag I don't think I'm going to be wearing it. Because guess what? It's a two fucking tight end league. And I'm like, you know what, man? I'm going to overpay a little bit. Um, and I secured a nice little duo. Like I didn't have any one of the studs. I didn't have Kelsey. I didn't have, you know, I didn't even have Kittle. I didn't have... Andrews but I'm like you know what man because of the positional scarcity I'm gonna make a trade I made a trade in the offseason which was one of the ones that when we put on Twitter values like yo what is this guy doing right (laughs) but it's like okay well it's best ball and it's two tight ends so (laughs) okay laugh all you want well jokes on me because guess who's on IR Dallas Goddard one of the big (laughs) pieces I felt like I won this deal deal I made with you as an orphan picked up Zach Ertz Two tight end, you give me Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard. I feel awesome. I'm loving life. Yeah, you feel great, man. Like you're good. Now I have to start two tight ends, and those guys are both gone. Like I have Gerald Everett. I I like him in best ball and two tight end. I like Austin Hooper in two tight end, given he blows. But <laughs> like in two tight end, I'll take the shot of him scoring a touchdown. If I have Austin Hooper as my weekly auto start in best ball, I hate Austin Hooper. Yeah. And in two tight end, what are you gonna do? You're you're not. There's no bailout coming. You got to pay up, up, up. So it, it's one of the frustrating parts about that the format of whether it's best ball lineup or whatever. When you go to two tight end, like the scarcity so crazy, and the investment you're making really is not sound financial advice when you're talking dynasty (laughs) values but you have to do it because of positional scarcity because there's 24 tight ends starting in a 12 team league and in best ball you got basically someone has to have four five six tight ends to even make that worth it so 
if you have injuries, if you have Darren Waller, these guys that don't produce, like you're you're screwed, man. It's over for you. It's a it's a not sound financial investment, man. It's exactly. like buying the it's like buying the Lambo when you work at Walmart. <laughs> it's a uh, it's a payday loan, right? Like you 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 get the money today. Like it's it's exactly what we talk about in trades, right? Like Brandon Ayuk today versus twenty four first. Well, there's time equated to Brandon Ayuk, and I've seen what people do with money if they need money today. They will forego every piece of their future. They'll go to a payday loan and say, "Yeah, I want the money today," and then never be able to pay the loan back. Like that's that's the scenario. Last thing I wanted to talk about was this startup draft, and we kind of touched on it a little bit on the AMA, but this gives us a little bit more chance to go in depth and just talk amongst ourselves here, and and bring the dynasty degenerates along for the ride. Is the twenty twenty three state of the quarterbacks going into? Next year, when we're looking at startups, when we're looking at do trade values, right? This is going to apply to everybody because in super flex leagues, they run the world. Quarterbacks run the world. I don't know how many teams, Adam, I've looked at in best ball leagues, and I, I can almost not believe that this team is competing. But they're competing because they have two high warp quarterbacks every single week. And they just get lucky in best ball with the random fill-ins, right? They keep pace with my my Jonathan Taylors, my, you know, Saquon Barkley's. And I'm like, how? 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 Well, their quarterbacks put up 25, 30 points, 40 points every single week. The quarterback state going into 2023, I will say this, man. Doing this startup draft and actually having to push the button on these guys and make a decision and, and draft round by round with the quarterbacks, I was I will say I don't think it's ever been worse. <laughs> it's ever been worse. I have 12 guys that I feel good about as my quarterback, and then everything else after that just feels like turds all in the same range, right? There's a couple that, like, stand out, the, uh, the Kirk Cousins, you know, uh, disrespected, right? But where you have to take these guys in order to lock them up as your QB2, or in some people's cases, their QB1, feels absolutely disgusting with the other skilled players that are on the board. So when you looked at this, the first round that we had, Adam, picks one through nine, all quarterbacks. (laughs) Then we get Justin Jefferson. Then we get another quarterback. And then we get Jamar Chase. So we get 10 quarterbacks in round one. And uh, the the last two go 202-203. So by the 204 pick, all 12 of these quarterbacks are gone off the board. And now we're in this, uh, dare I say, like QB dead zone? Well, <laughs> we used to no, talk you, about the RB dead zone. Now we're in the QB dead zone already at the 204. Well, I think what you said there jokingly is real, though. Because the RB dead zone has been found to be complete dead zone, right? No running backs go from 101 to 204. So if you take that position in the group of, you know, South Harmon guys, 40 chess guys that are talking running backs up, if you take that position out of it and it's just wide receivers and just quarterbacks, yeah. Hell yeah. You're talking fucking 16 spots. Yes, that's it. That's all. It's over. Dynasty Degenerates, news flash, news flash. If you haven't watched football this year, if you're just kind of checking your sleeper app or you're checking ESPN, you're looking at box scores, there are a shit ton of fucking terrible, god-awful quarterbacks 
After yeah. Dak Prescott, Mike, we talked about this just a minute ago. You get past Dak, you're talking an age such a such an uncertainty because of age and future contract value and what they're scoring for you is the reason you draft them or you're talking Trey Lance you're talking Kenny Pickett you're talking I mean it gets so scary after that yes there's after that you what what do you have to you are taking upside in the 23 class which doesn't have as much quarterback depth as you probably hoped you're taking the long shot on Kenny Pickett, which you and I both are still in at a reasonable cost, but probably where he's going to get propped up to, we might be out. Trey Lance, the injury risk again, because he's a running style quarterback with the ankle injury. Plus he hasn't played football in a long time. Plus when he did play football, it's not versus very high competition. <laughs> yeah. What, what, what else are you going to do? Yeah. Let's, let's look at it. Let's go through the exercise of like quarterbacks. I feel I think everybody can agree on are going absolutely nowhere next year. You know what I mean? Like they are locked in as the starter. They're going to start for their teams in 2023 right. without question. Right. Right. So you, you go to the top, Patrick Mahomes, obvious, uh, Josh Allen, Jalen hurts, uh, Lamar, even if, even if the Ravens don't come to agreement, you know, Lamar starting for somebody next year, like he is going to be a prize. An absolute gem. Facts for the the only way he doesn't start for somebody is if there's an injury or if he's yeah. in a holdout or some crazy shit like that. He if he's playing football, he's a starter and quarterback in the NFL by a mile. All right, Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Deshaun Watson, Tua, Justin Fields, Kyler Murray, Trevor Lawrence, Dak Prescott. Now those are the top twelve guys in the order that they went off the board. But let's look at a few other ones. Um, Kenny Pickett. Do you think? Without a question or a reasonable question, Kenny Pickett's the starting quarterback for Pittsburgh next year. I would say yes. I mean, there it depends how they finish the year, right? Like they're in a scenario where if they're high enough, what are they going to do with the pick? Pittsburgh is one of the most predictable, most steady, most unturnover. Like they don't turn over coaches, they don't turn over GMs. They have a very fluid, sound way they do things. The way they do things, I don't envision them spending the 20th overall pick to be the Cardinals and draft the number one quarterback, Kyler Murray and Josh Rosen style. Like, I think they plan to take the time with Pickett. I think they Tomlin thought that they could compete better this year had Watt been healthy and certain things broken right for them. But I don't think they're panicked. Like, I don't think Pittsburgh's panicked, as crazy as it is to say. I think there's a 98% chance if not higher, that Pickett's the starter next year. And wherever they're slated to draft, they draft something that can help them better the team next year with Kenny Pickett as the starter than go to another quarterback. Because that okay. offensive line's horrible. Kirk Cousins. <laughs> you seen their record, man? Like, how, how does yeah. – how, how would that, – that would be the craziest one, maybe, of all. If they Moving have a different starting that. quarterback than Kirk Cousins. Just because – where they're positioned, what they would have to do to make it happen. I mean, it's yeah. <laughs> it would be it would be a lot of moving parts. Like like if for some reason they could pull off a Lamar Jackson deal. You okay. know what I mean? Right, then, right. Then but Kirk's you're... going to Baltimore and Kirk's a starter for Baltimore. Right? But you're he's but, starting in twenty. But you're yeah, even then you're talking about like the most rare scenario out there for him to not be the starter yeah. in Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. You know? Something ridiculous that you do on Madden. Right. Um Mac Jones. 
I would say I would put him in that category. Right? I don't think they move on from Mac. New England's already won six games. You know how hoodie is. They're 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 not going to be a top fifteen pick. Small small case scenario, they take a quarterback, kind of a uh, Pittsburgh, but maybe you know ninety eight percent type chance that he's a starter again next year. And the last one I can even think of, Russ. Well, because how you, of the contract, you can't get out. You're you're stuck. You're handicapped. You you cannot get out of it. Even even if you said, you know what, we're better off with. We're positioned. First of all, you're not. You traded all your draft capital to Seattle. Yeah. But even if somehow you were positioned to go get a quarterback that's young and you're going to say, hey, he's cheap, Russ's contract kills every value that gives you. Like, you're just – you're stuck. Seattle yes. or, uh, Seattle is doing victory laps, and Denver is super stuck with Danger Witch. Those are the only guys I can envision, like locked in, uh, not retiring – uh, not getting traded somewhere else where they got to compete for the job, not being a bridge quarterback, right? They're, everybody else has some some amount of uncertainty to, to varying degrees, right? There are quarterbacks I'm willing to make a bet on of being a starter for the full time next year. But when I look at them, so like Derek Carr, Ryan Tannehill, uh, Jimmy G, like I, I'm pretty sure these dudes are going to have jobs next year, almost locked in somewhere. But I don't know the situation. I don't know what team it's going to be for. I don't know if it's going to be their current team or they'll be on a new team right. or if that situation is going to be good or bad just because of their price and dynasty. Like, I want to go acquire those guys because it's Superflex League and they're so damn cheap. But I, I can't tell you with certainty it's going to be for their team <laughs> that they're playing for right now and they're they're locked in for the full year for the start of the team isn't going to go into another direction. But those are the only other guys. Now, the ones that I listed, Kenny Pickett, Kirk Cousins, Mac Jones, Russell Wilson, Adam. Do you want to push the button on any of these guys in round two, three, four in a startup draft? No. <laughs> you just don't feel good I, about I was it, waiting right? for you to keep going. Like, all right, yeah, if he gets to five or six, like, okay. <laughs> five, three, five. two, three, four? <laughs> what? This isn't the LeBron. Dude. Not one. <laughs> this is the LeBron, right? Not one, not two, not three, not four. Dude. We get into it when we get to five and six. If you get to seven. five and six, I'll flirt with it in five. Six, yeah, I'm highly interested in those guys. But the way the quarterback landscape is, I don't see them getting there anymore. Right? Like, just yeah. ju- even if you think this draft and what we're doing is crazy and here's the thing right nobody has values to go off of everybody's going off of impulse of their own views but you're talking the first nine picks are quarterbacks right even if you think jefferson should be in the top five or seven just put him there and push the quarterbacks back like it doesn't change anything jamar chase is still a first round pick in this draft like nothing's crazy happening two of one's jalen waddle like we're acknowledging the receivers are going early the tight ends are going in the second round like, where, where does this change? Because here's what happens, right? In Superflex lineup, it's not the same as the best ball where you can say, all right, give me give me Geno Smith, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Carson Wentz. Like, if you went into the offseason, that's your three quarterback twos. Yeah. Best ball? Yeah. You know what? As crazy as it was because Jimmy G wasn't even going to be a starter, you're thinking maybe somewhere he goes, whatever. Like, you probably could do that and it would have worked out. And, and, and now it has. But, like, if that's what you have in lineup, if Geno Smith doesn't turn out to be this 
ridiculous season that nobody saw coming. You are fucked in lineup. Like, you can't do that. So then the the values go even higher for these Kirk Cousins, Kenny Pickett's, Derek Carr's, Russell Wilson's, right? That that, that pushes them up further because someone's like, man, I need to have a second quarterback. I need to have a third quarterback, let alone a second quarterback. You need to, in a lineup league, you need to either A, get extremely lucky and pick the right ones and make the right bets, which is possible. I've seen people do it. Or you need to just throw a bunch of shit at the wall and see what sticks. You know what I mean? You get five, six of these dudes, and you hope you can hit it right. In a best ball league, it's much more possible to do that, where you just take four or five of these guys and you just figure it out. In a lineup league, you still kind of always have that hesitation about, like, man, I got to push the button on starting this dude at my QB1 spot. I got to push the button to start this dude in my super flex spot. I don't feel great about it. In a lineup league, you really want to get that QB1 anchor right that elite level guy where you have no questions week in and week out i'm starting dak prescott or i'm starting joe burrow or whoever it may be best ball does open you up to more possibilities adam this being a best ball draft specifically in the way we like to do things man if you were to miss out on a top 12 quarterback and you look at the warp data you look at what we talked about last week on consistency and spike weeks and best ball and, and those names that I, I listed, right, the guys that we feel good about job security going into next year, and you see where they rank in warp data, and you see where they rank in spike weeks and consistency relative to these shitter quarterbacks, <laughs> the dumpster fire ones, I think that's what lends you to going like, nah, I'm good. I'm not pushing the button on this dude in round two, three, four. Maybe in round five, maybe in round six, maybe in round seven if they're still around. Like at some point, I just have to take the value and go forward. But right. these other guys, man, like when you're getting the same kind of production out of a Marcus Mariota or a Daniel Jones or Jacoby Brissett for half the season, uh, uh, Jimmy G, Carson Wentz, right? He hadn't played. He hadn't played in how many weeks, right? But. You look at spike weeks and consistency, he's got two spike weeks on the season. <laughs> he's got one above average week on the season, and he hasn't played for the last five, six. Right, right. Well, and I mean, listen, I think – so you're not going to be here next week. We're going to have a guest on. Uh, we'll, we'll figure out who that's going to be. But I think this episode, Mike, needs to be – not even continue, but this part of this episode needs to be the following week's episode, which is just the quarterback landscape – how it goes in a startup and how you have to understand the ability to play the scarcity to your advantage and when the quarterback horde works and when for me, Mike, I never chase, I do not chase quarterback. And a lot of that's built into my ability to draft with flexibility because I don't, I don't pick a predict. I don't really pick a direction, Mike soon enough. The way I draft in startups to where it's like, fuck, man, if I don't get Derek Carr, if I don't get Russell Wilson, if I don't get one of these dog shit older quarterbacks, this team that's built to contend can't work, right? So I don't chase. The only time I've ever chased and I traded up to go get a quarterback is a young one I believe in, and it still keeps me flexible. And that was Russell Wilson, or not Russell Wilson, I'm sorry, uh, Tua Tungvaluwa in the fourth round when quarterbacks really were flying off the board, and it's in with a bunch of my patrons, and I'm like, listen, this team – could be okay. I don't know if it can be okay, but I'm not bending to the knee. Like rare scenario like that, I will go get my second quarterback or my first quarterback. 
But what you're not going to see me do is start chasing with Derek Carr, Russell Wilson, these yeah. dog shit turds, the Carson Wentz's of this year, the Matt's, the Matt Ryan's of this year. Like I'm not chasing with that. Like you guys can show me how bullish you are on quarterbacks. Cause guess what? Jokes on y'all. Cause my, my direction right now, I don't need to take a second one. Actually taking a second one now, since you guys took all of them, it's easy for me. I'll just, I'll watch this year. <laughs> y'all send y'all send me all the trades. I'll get the 101, 102, 103. I'll get my quarterback too. And you guys can fight over the fucking dog shit that you guys drafted. But honestly, Mike, I think this is a whole podcast on how the quarterback values go in startups and 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 kind of like just the nuances of keeping a pulse on okay, do I continue to take quarterback even though it's scary for me because it's I haven't done it before and I'm taking my third or my fourth? Or is it like, listen, the top – all the quarterbacks that matter are off the board in the first 15 picks. Why are you taking quarterback? Like that whole that whole thing I think could be an hour discussion on like how it works and what you need to do in different situations there. Bro, bro, you hit it on the head, man. And I, I've just been thinking about it. So next week you touched on it. I will not be here. So the 4D Chess Podcast will be Adam and a guest to be named. You'll find out when it drops next Friday on the December 9th. Holy shit, man. It's already December. But the following week, Adam, who better to have this discussion, a continuation of it, who we can fill in on where we were at, than episode 50, the GOAT, the man of Destination Debbie, who will be on the podcast that week. Mr. Ray Garvin. The. Yeah. Oh, man. The anticipation's killing Ooh. me already, man. <laughs> man. The set the setup is fire. Um, I'm sorry Let's for go. all you Dynasty Degenerates listening to this live time that are like, man, I have an episode with Adam and some other guy. I have a whole week to get through Adam and some other guy before I have to get to the big shebang of Ray and Mike and Adam. But uh, listen, man, we'll, we'll get somebody on while you're out, man. Um, I know you got a long week of work there ahead of you, but we can't wait to get you back. We can't wait to get Ray, the GOAT, back on 40 chess. But you got one more week, and you got the playoffs. Mike, that's the other part. So we got this week and we got next week. Those are the two last weeks before when Ray comes on, that's that's the playoffs of fantasy football, man. So uh, a lot of things are happening quick. Let's go, man. I'm I'm excited for that one to get Ray on. Episode 50, we had him on at episode 25. It's only right to have him back on for episode 50. So in a couple of weeks, that'll be coming at you. And I think I, I do want to hear how Ray is going to approach the quarterback position, right? He is as tapped in as anybody in the entire space. I want to see what he, he is a big one too for for the psychology of dynasty, right? So that that could be a, a two part episode. We talk about the quarterbacks, but Ray is fantastic at the psychology of dynasty, how people process stuff, where the edges are that he can get. Uh, he was the big one who taught us way back in the day, right? If they really want the guy, they'll be back in your DMs, and uh, that almost never fails. Right? Draw <laughs> the line in the sand, man. Offer, yeah. They send you a low ball offer, you just, nah, nah, I'm good. And uh, wouldn't you know, like a couple of days later, you get an offer and all of a sudden it's a little bit better. <laughs> it's a little bit better. They either come back crawling, like, hey, I'll pay the price, or you don't hear from them again, it's crickets, and they probably weren't really willing to give you a fair price from the beginning. Um, yeah, man, I'm excited for that because 
Ray has been talking about for a while, even as much as, you know, him being a Debbie guy, the Debbie guy, destination Debbie, um, having so much insight and foresight and ability to understand how these college kids are going to project in the NFL. He, he said for a while, Mike, like everybody that's overvaluing classes in the future, in particular 22 and 23, saying that like, the, the top, the landscape in the upper echelon is not going to be shifted by these guys. He, he said that for a while. And what's interesting is you're seeing that come to fruition hard. As much as you like 23 and I, and I, you and I both have a bunch of picks. Like we're not sitting here saying, oh yeah, CJ Stroud, this is, this is my ticket. You know, this is my ticket to yeah. unlock this, this team. Bryce Young, man. Yeah, this team is going to just go to the moon. Bryce Young is going to tear it apart. Like, this is everything this team needed. Like, you want them. They're quarterbacks. More to the point of the conversation of quarterback landscape. But none of them are needle movers in the first year or two of, like, top five warp conversation guys at the quarterback position. And that's why I love listening to Ray's breakdown of not just how they are in college, but how they project and having the foresight and the truth of, not just saying shit, but it, it comes to fruition and it, it means so much. So I'm excited to get him back on in a couple of weeks, man. But we, I hope you really enjoyed this episode. It was a good one. Talking about overvaluing certain players, um, talking about different discussions of running backs and quarterbacks and tight ends and how the position ebbs and flows and the differences of it. But, you know, just I hope you I hope you really enjoyed this. You got something from it. Keep in mind, Mike will be out next week. I'll hold down the fort with some guest, and then in two weeks you're going to get the absolute banger of a show episode 50 but for now just remember when your league mates are playing chess play 40 chess that's going to do it for us we're going to bounce out of here we love y'all peace later